TED Audio Collective. You're listening to TED Talks Daily. I'm Elise Hume. What will it take to build a future worth getting excited about? Elon Musk says visions of self-driving cars, becoming a multi-planet species, and more may be closer than we think. In this sit-down interview recorded at Tesla's new Texas Gigafactory on April 6th, the day before it opened, the head of Tesla, SpaceX, The Boring Company, and Neuralink answers questions from Ted's Chris Anderson about what's around the corner. And a heads up that this is a shortened version of the conversation. Head over to the TED Interview podcast to hear the full 70-minute conversation. This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like electric vehicles, renewable energy, water sustainability, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Support for TED Talks Daily comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash TED Talks. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash TED Talks. Odoo, modern management made simple. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magirite is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Canva. Elon Musk, great to see you. How are you? Uh, good, how are you? <laughs> Let's talk about the future. Let's talk about the future. So, think a bit about artificial intelligence. I, I'm curious about yeah. your timelines and how you predict and how come some things are so amazingly on the money and some aren't. So, when it comes to predicting sales of Tesla vehicles, for example, I mean, you've kind of been amazing. I think in 2014... When Tesla had sold that year 60,000 cars, you said, 2020, I think we will do half a million a year. Yeah, we did almost I, exactly half a million. Five years ago, last time you came to TED, we, um, I asked you about full self-driving. And um, you said, yep, this very year, hmm. I am confident that we will have a car going from L.A. to New York uh, without any intervention. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to blow your mind, but I'm not always right. <laughs> um, so talk, talk, what's the difference between those two? Why, why, why has full self-driving in particular been so hard to predict? I mean, the thing that really got me, and I think it's going to get a lot of other people, is that there, there are just so many false dawns with, with self-driving, um, where you think, you think you've got the problem, have a handle on the problem, and then it, nope, uh, it turns out, uh, you, you just hit a ceiling, um, and and uh, uh, because what, ha- what, what if you if you were to plot the progress, 
the, the progress looks like a log curve. So it's like yeah, you, a series of log curves. So uh, most people don't know what a log curve is, I suppose. But it, yeah, it, it, show, it, show the shape. It, 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 it goes it goes up sort of a, you know sort of a fairly straight way, right, and right. then it starts tailing off, right. and 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 you start and there's a kind of ocean getting moment. diminishing returns. <laughs> you know, in retrospect, they seem obvious, but. Uh, in, in order to solve uh, full self-driving uh, properly, you actually just you have to solve real-world AI. Because um, you, 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 you say, like, what are the road networks designed to, to work with? They're designed to work with a biological neural net, our brains, um, and with uh, vision, our eyes. Um, and so in order to make it work uh, with computers, you basically need uh, to solve real-world AI uh, and, and vision, because because we, we we need uh, we we need cameras and silicon neural nets uh, in order to have to, to have self-driving work for a system that was designed for eyes and biological neural nets. It, mm-hmm. You know, when you I guess when you put it that way, it's sort of like quite obvious that the only way to solve full self-driving is to solve real-world. Uh, AI and sophisticated vision. What do you feel about the current architecture? Do you think you have an architecture now where where there is a chance for the logarithmic curve not to tail off any any time soon? Well, I mean, admittedly, uh, these these uh, may be an infamous uh, last words, but I I actually am confident that we will solve it this year. Uh, that we will exceed. Uh, you said like what the, the probability. Uh, of an accident, uh, at what point do you exceed that of the average person? Right. Um, I think we will exceed that this year. We could be here uh, talking again in a year. It's like, well, yet <laughs> another year went by and it didn't happen. But I think this. I think this is the year. Is there an element that you actually deliberately make aggressive prediction timelines to drive people to be ambitious? Uh, without that, nothing gets done. So it's, it feels like at some point in the last year, seeing the progress on understanding that, you're, that the AI, the Tesla AI, understanding the world around it led to a kind of an aha moment in Tesla. Because you really surprised people recently when you said probably the most important product development going on at Tesla this year is this robot Optimus. Yes. Is it something that happened in the development of full self-driving that gave you the confidence to say, you know what, we could do something special here? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it took me a while to... So sort of realizes that, that that in order to solve self-driving, you really needed to solve real-world AI. Um, and at the point at which you solve real-world AI for a car, which is really a robot on four wheels, uh, you can then generalize that to a robot on legs as well. The thing that the things that are uh, currently missing are uh, it, enough intelligence, to, enough intel- intelligence for the robot to navigate the real world and do useful things. Um, without being uh, explicitly instructed. It, so so the, the missing things are basically real-world uh, intelligence and uh, scaling up manufacturing. Um, those are two things that Tesla is very good at. And uh, so then we, we basically just need to design the, the uh, specialized actuators and sensors that are needed for a humanoid robot. People have no idea. This is, this is going to be bigger than the car. Um, but so, so talk about, I mean, I, I think the first applications you've mentioned are probably going to be manufacturing, but eventually the vision is to, to have these available for people at home, correct? Yes. If you had a robot that really understood the 3D architecture of your house and knew where every object in that house was or was supposed sure. to be and could recognize all those objects, 
I mean, that, that's kind of amazing, isn't it? Like, like that, the kind of thing that you could ask a robot to do would be what? Like, tidy up. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> or make, make, make dinner, I guess, uh, mow the lawn. Take, take uh, a cup of tea to grandma and show yeah, her family absolutely. pictures. And T- exactly, take care of my grandmother and make sure, yeah, exactly. I mean, it could recognize, obviously recognize everyone in the home. Yeah. Could play catch with your kids. Yes. I mean, obviously, we need to be careful that this doesn't uh, become a dystopian situation. Um, um, like, I think one of the things that's going to be important is to have um, a localized ROM chip uh, on the robot that cannot be updated uh, over the air, uh, where if you, for example, were to say, stop, 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 that would, if anyone said that, then the robot would stop, you know, type of thing. Um, and that's not updatable remotely. Um, I think it's yeah. going to be important to have safety features like that. Yeah. That, that sounds wise. And I do think there should be a regulatory agency for AI. I've said right. this for many years. Yeah. I, don't, I don't love but, being regulated, but I, you know, I think this is an important thing for public safety. And do, do you think there will be, basically, like in, say, say 2050 or whatever, that, that like a, 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 a robot in most homes is, is what there will be, and people yeah, will, will, will I think they probably love will. them and count on them? You'll have your own butler, basically. Yeah, you'll have your sort of buddy robot, <laughs> probably, yeah. I mean, how much of a buddy? Do you, like, do you, do you, how, how many applications do you thought? Is there, you know, can you have a romantic partner, a sex partner? I mean, a lot of it's probably inevitable. I mean, I did promise <laughs> the internet that I'd make cat girls. We, how, we could make a robot cat girl. I mean, Be careful I mean, I, I mean, you look, the internet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so, yeah, I, I guess uh, it'll be what, what, whatever people want, really, you know. So. What, what sort of timeline should we be thinking about of the first the first models that are actually made and sold well you know the, the, the first units that that we tend to make are um for jobs that are dangerous boring repetitive and things that people don't want to do and uh, you know I, I think we'll have like an interesting prototype uh, sometime this year we, we might have something useful next year but i think quite likely within at least two years uh, and then we'll see rapid growth year over year of the usefulness of the humanoid robots um, and decrease in cost and, and scaling up production. Help me on the economics of this. So what, what, what do you picture the cost of one of these being? Well, I think the cost is actually not going to be uh, crazy high, um, like less than a car. Yeah. But, but, but think about the economics of this. If you can replace a $30,000, $40,000 a year worker, which you have to pay every year, with a one-time payment of $25,000 for a robot that can work longer hours, doesn't go on vacation. I mean, there, there could, it could be a pretty yeah. rapid replacement so, of certain types of jobs. How worried should the world be about that? I wouldn't worry about the, the sort of putting people out of a job thing. Um, I think we're actually going to have, and, and already do have, a massive shortage of labor. So I, I, th- I think we'll, we will have... Um, uh, not not people out of work, but actually still a shortage of labor even in the future. Uh, but the, this really will be a world of abundance. Any goods and services uh, will be available to anyone who wants them. It'll be so cheap to have goods and services, it'll be ridiculous. And presumably it should be possible to imagine a bunch of goods and services that can't profitably be made now, but could be made in, the, sure. in that world, courtesy of... of legions of robots yeah um it, it will be a world of abundance the only scarcity that will exist in the future is that which we decide to create ourselves as humans if ai were to take down 
Earth. We need a plan B. Let's let's shift oh, our attention man. to 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 space. We we spoke last time about reusability, and you you had just demonstrated that spectacularly for the first time. Since then, you've gone on to build this monster rocket starship, yes. um, which kind of changes the rules of the game in, in spectacular ways. Tell us tell us about starship. Yes, starship How- is extremely fundamental. So the the holy grail of of, of rocketry uh, or space transport is full and rapid reusability. This has never been achieved. The closest that um, anything's come is our Falcon 9 rocket where we uh, are able to recover the, 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 pre- the, the first stage, the, the, the boost stage, which is uh, probably about 60% of the cost of the vehicle um, or of, of the whole launch, uh, maybe 70%. Um, and uh, we've now done that over 100 times. So uh, with Starship, uh, we will be recovering um, the entire thing. That's the, or at least that's the goal. Right. Um, and 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 moreover, recovering it in such a way that it can be immediately reflown. Uh, whereas with Falcon 9, we still need to do some amount of refurbishment to the booster and to the the, the fairing or nose, nose cone. So, um, but with Starship, the design uh, goal is uh, immediate reflight. Uh, right. So you just you, you just refill propellants and and go again, and the, the this is gigantic. It just just as it would be in, in any other mode of transport. And it's and the the main design is 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 to basically take what a hundred plus people at a time yeah. plus a bunch of things that they need to Mars. So so talk, first of all, talk talk about that piece. What what is your latest timeline? One for the first time, a starship goes to Mars, presumably without yes. people but just equipment. Two with people, three, the sort of okay, sure. 100 people at a time. Let's let's go. Sure. Well, and, and and just to put the, the, the cost thing into perspective, um, the 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 cost of the expected cost of Starship putting 100 tons into orbit um, is significantly less than what um, it would have cost or what it did cost to put our our tiny Falcon One rocket in, into orbit. So. It's really pretty mind-boggling that that the giant thing costs less, way less than the small thing. So it it, it doesn't use sort of exotic propellants or, or things that are difficult to obtain on Mars. Before it can do any of that, it's got to demonstrate it can get into orbit, you know, around Earth. Yeah. What's 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 your latest advice on the on the timeline for that? It's looking promising for us to have an orbital launch attempt uh, in in a few months. Um, so uh, we're actually integrating the, or uh, we'll be integrating the engines uh, into the booster for the first orbital flight, uh, starting in about a week or two, um, and um, the, the 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 launch complex itself is uh, ready to go. So, assuming we get regulatory approval, I think we could have a uh, an orbital launch attempt uh, within a few months. And a, a radical new technology like this, presumably there is real risk on those early attempts. Oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I mean, the joke I make all the time is that uh, uh, excitement is guaranteed. Success is not guaranteed, but excitement certainly is. That's that's nice. But this is not in most people's heads. This picture that you have in your mind that so there's 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 basically a two year window. Right? Every, you can only really fly to yeah. Mars conveniently every two years. Yes. You are still you are picturing that during during the 2030s, every couple of years, something like a thousand. Starships take off, each containing a hundred or more 
people. Yes. I mean, that, that, that picture is just completely mind-blowing to me. Yeah. And you think that, that it can basically be funded by people spending maybe a couple hundred grand on a ticket to move yeah. to Mars. Is that, is that price about where it, where it has been? Well, I think if you say, like, what's, what's, ne- what's required in order to get enough people and enough cargo to Mars to uh, build a self-sustaining city? Um, and it's where you have an intersection of sets of people who want to go, because I think only a small percentage of humanity will want to go, um, and can afford to go or get sponsorship in some manner. Uh, that intersection of sets, I think, needs to be a million people or something like that. Um, and so it's what, what, what can a million people afford or get sponsorship for, or because uh, I think governments will also pay for it, and um, people can take out loans. And, but, but, but I think at the point at which um, you say, okay, okay like if, if moving to Mars costs, uh, for argument's sake, um, $100,000, then I think um, you know, almost anyone can, can work uh, and save up and, and, and eventually have $100,000 and, and be able to go to Mars if they want. So uh, it, and, and and very important to emphasize that um, Mars, especially in the beginning, will not be luxurious. It will be dangerous, uh, cramped, difficult, hard work. It's kind of like that Shackleton ad for going to the Antarctic, um, which I think is actually not real, but but it sounds real and it's cool. Uh, yeah. it, it's sort of like the, the the sales pitch for going to Mars is it's 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 dangerous, it's cramped. Uh, you might not make it back. Uh, it's difficult. It's hard work. That's the sales pitch. Right. But, <laughs> but you will make history. One, yeah. one, one, one but it'll be glorious. Right. Oh, so on that kind of launch rate you're talking about, it, over two decades, you could get your million people to to Mars, essentially. Whose city is it? Is it NASA's city? Is it SpaceX's city? It's the people like, of Mars's city. I think ultimately this will be up to the people of Mars to decide what, uh, how they want to rethink society. Uh, I mean, I have some recommendations, but which people of Mars may choose to uh, listen to or not. I mean, I would advocate for more of a direct democracy, not a representative democracy, um, and laws that are short enough for people to understand, um, and uh, where it is is harder to create laws than to uh, get rid of them. So, Elon, so think more about this incredible array of things that you're involved with. I keep seeing these synergies um, bet- between them. You know, for example, the robots you're building from Tesla could possibly be pretty handy on Mars. Sure. Maybe there's a scenario where your city on Mars doesn't need a million people. It needs half a million people and half a million robots. Sure. And um, that's a possibility. Maybe the boring company could play a role helping create some of the subterranean um, dwelling spaces that you might need. Yeah. Um, back on planet Earth, it, it seems like a partnership between Boring Company and Tesla could offer an unbelievable deal to a city to say, we, we will create for you a 3D network of tunnels populated by robo-taxis. Surely there is a growing argument that you should actually put all these things together into one company and just, just have a company devoted to creating a future that's exciting. And let a thousand flowers bloom. Have you have you been thinking about that? I mean, it is tricky because Tesla is a publicly traded company, and the the investor base of Tesla and SpaceX and, and certainly Boring Company and Neuralink are quite 
different. And one company, Neuralink, are, are, are tiny companies. Just right. It's not that easy to sort of combine these things. Um, like the the overhead associated with poly company uh, is high. Um, so, the, the, I mean, as a public company, you're just constantly sued. It does occupy, like, a fair bit of, uh, you know, time and effort to uh, deal with these things. Right. But you would still only have one public company. It would be bigger and um, have more things going on. But instead of being on four boards, you'd be on one. I'm actually not even on the, the Neuralink or Warren Company boards. Oh, oh well. Okay. Yeah. And I, I don't really attend the SpaceX board meetings we only have two a year, and I, I just stop by and chat for an hour. Um, so okay. uh, the, but, but, the board overhead a, for a public company is much higher. Um, Elon, you are reported by Forbes and everyone else as, as now you know, the world's richest person. $300 billion. I mean, your, your net worth on any given day is rising or falling by yeah. several billion dollars. How insane, <laughs> how insane it's, it's is bonkers, that? Yeah. I mean, does that, how, do you, how do you handle that psychologically? There aren't many people in the world who have to even think about that. I, I actually don't think about that too much. But the, 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 the thing that is actually uh, more, more difficult and, and that does make sleeping difficult is that um, you know, every good hour uh, or even minute of thinking about uh, Tesla and, and SpaceX has such a big effect on the company that I, I really try to work as as, as much as possible, uh, you know, to to the edge of sanity, basically, uh, because the you know t- Tesla's getting to the point where uh, probably will get to the point later this year where every good every high quality minute of thinking um, uh, is a million dollars to, to uh, impact on on Tesla. So, uh, <laughs> which is insane. Um, so. Um, I mean, the basic, you know, if, if Tesla's doing sort of $2 billion a week, let's say, in revenue, it's sort of $300 million a day, seven days a week. You know, it, it's... If you, if you can change that by 5% in an hour's brainstorm, um, <laughs> that, that those, those are yeah. pretty valuable. That's a pretty valuable hour. I mean, there, there are many instances where... Uh, a half-hour meeting. The finan- I was able to improve the financial outcome of the company um, by a hundred million dollars in a half-hour meeting. There are many other people out there who 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 can't stand this world of, of of billionaires. Like they they are hugely offended by the notion that an individual can have the same wealth as, as say a billion of or more of the the world's poorest people. If, if they examine sort of the sort of, I think there's some axiomatic flaws um, that that are leading to them to, to, to that conclusion. If for sure it would be very problematic if I was consuming, uh, you know, billions of dollars a year in, in personal consumption. But that is not the case. Um, in fact, I don't even own a home right now. Um, I'm literally staying at friends' places. I, if I travel to the Bay Area, which where most of Tesla engineering is, I, I stay in my. You know, I, I basically rotate through friends spare bedrooms. Um, I don't have a yacht. I, I really don't take vacations. Uh, so um, it's, not like, it's not as though there's, um, that, that my personal consumption is, is high. Uh, with the, I mean, the one exception is a plane, but if I don't use the plane, then I have less hours to work. Mm. <laughs> so, um, I, mean, I, I personally think you have shown um, 
You've shown that you are mostly driven by a really quite a deep sense of moral purpose. Do you think that at some point in the in the long term, you will use these resources you have to do something fairly spectacular philanthropically? I, I think if you, if you care about the reality of goodness instead of the perception of it, philanthropy is extremely difficult. SpaceX, Tesla, Neuralink, and Boring Company are philanthropy. If you say philanthropy is love of humanity, um, they are philanthropy. They're, Tesla is accelerating sustainable energy. This is a love of, of full anthropy. Right. Uh, SpaceX is trying to ensure the long-term survival of humanity with multi-planet species. This is love of humanity. Um, you know, Neuralink is, is to help solve uh, brain injuries and uh, existential risk with AI, love of humanity. You know, I'd like to, as, as we wrap up now, just pull the camera back and just think, you're a father now of seven uh-huh. surviving kids. and, and Well, I, I, I mean, I'm trying to set a good example because the birth rate on Earth is so low that we're facing civilizational collapse unless the birth rate re- re- uh, uh, returns to a, a sustainable level. Yeah, you've talked about this a lot. That depopulation is a big problem, and we 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 yes, people don't understand. Population how big collapse is, is uh, one of the biggest threats to the future of human civilization, and that is what is going on right now. How what what drives you on a day to day basis to do what you do? I guess the, like I I I really want to make sure that there is a good future for humanity, um, and that we're on a path to understanding the nature of the universe, um, the meaning of life. Why are we here? How do we get here? Um, and in order to understand the nature of the universe and all these fundamental questions, um, we must expand the scope and scale of consciousness. Uh, certainly, it must not diminish or go out. We, we, we certainly we won't understand this. So I, I would say I'm motivated by curiosity more than anything um, and uh, just a desire to think about the future and not be sad, you know, and, um... And, and are you? Are you not sad? I'm sometimes sad, but I, I, mostly I'm, I, I'm... I mean, I'm feeling, I guess, rel- relatively optimistic about the future these days. Um, there are certainly um, some big risks that humanity faces. Uh, I think the, the, the population collapse is a really big deal that um, I wish more people would, would, would think about. Um, because the, the birth rate is far below uh, what's needed to sustain civilization at its current, at its current level. Um, and, uh, you know, there's obviously... Um, we, we need to take action on climate sustainability, which is, 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 is being done. Um, and we need to secure the future of consciousness by being a multi-planet species. Um, we, we need to address the... Essentially, we, it's important to take whatever actions we can think of to address the existential risks that affect the, the future of, of consciousness. There's a, there's a whole generation coming through who seem really sad about the future. What would you say to them? Well, I think if you want the future to be good, you must make it so. Take action to make it good, and it will be. Elon, thank you for all this time. Um, That is a beautiful place to end. Thanks for all that you're doing. You're welcome.